WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Francis Beck, Roger Weiss, and Tom Prince from WNY Athletics. Morning, guys. Morning, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> I think everybody looks a little tired here. Uh, long couple of nights at uh, the lid, the cap, the nerf, field, the nerf. Whatever you want to call it, the stadium, uh, section six crowning its champions at the stadium. They those winners will now move on to face section five. So we'll tell you all about that in a little bit. Plus, get you up to speed as to what's going on with Monsignor Martin. Uh, but before we do, we need to jump into news and notes. Mister Francis Beck, why don't you lead us off? All right. So if I told you, you know, you scored a sectional championship winning goal. That might make your, you know, your week, probably your year. Oh, it'd be a memory of a lifetime. That wasn't the most impressive thing Emma Faso did that day. Uh, the Clarence Red Devils soccer player, girls soccer player, on the way to the game at Williamsville East, um, they saw a bus crash, an accident um, around their school. And, you know, the team was hyping up. They had the music going. And she just got up and said, you know, we need, you know, turn off the music. We have other things to focus on and call the team to pray. Um, I was talking to the guys from cross training. They heard about it before the game, and they don't give the award out to people before the game, but basically they told the refs it was hers to lose. Wow. And she got it, and she ended up scoring the game winner, and it's just amazing. I think that was the best story I've heard possibly all year. Wow. Upstanding uh, person. Her parents should be proud. Obviously, they've raised her right. Outstanding stuff, Francis. Roger. Uh, for those of you boy soccer uh, enthusiasts, I believe it's tomorrow. I only caught a quick glimpse of this, but I think at 10 o'clock tomorrow out at Salem's, they're having a senior boy soccer all-star game. Correct. One more chance to see uh, the seniors on their way out. Of course, those that are involved in the uh, Far West Regionals will not be playing in that game. I believe Jonah Kozak will be playing. Yes, in it, he's if listed I'm not on. I believe the blue team, which makes sense. He's a frontier guy. Yes. Uh, and then tonight at Damon girls volleyball, class double A finals and the class A finals. I believe at five thirty and seven thirty for you girls volleyball fans tonight at Damon College. Is Will South in it? Yes, Will South actually beat Will East. In the semis, which uh, either one of those teams won, it wouldn't have been a surprise to me. Both very good programs. Will East is loaded. Uh, Will South actually came well, out. Well, they have that giant six foot four uh, young lady. Amari DeBerry. Oh, yes. my God. And she's only a sophomore. You're kidding me. Nope. <laughs> you it's know, not fair. Roger, they actually, uh, Wheatfield and Will South actually played. Uh, earlier in the season at a, tweet, a Sweet Home tournament uh, back in September, and that was Will South winning it in two sets. But Wheatfield was tired. They had a long semifinal match. So that's going to be a big game to watch today between those two teams. Yeah, and I I think I saw Will South at the uh, 
North Tonawanda tournament too, and I think they, I don't know if they won that tournament, they finished pretty high up. I, I would dare say they were uh, fi- uh, finalists in that tournament if they did not, in fact, win it. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Tom? So uh, I think Cal Phillips will be, uh, appreciate this one because I'm going to go down the rugby uh, line for us. I've heard about this. But this is to me is unbelievable. A lot of you have heard about Orchard Park graduate uh, Emily Henrik, who is now um, now in college playing ball, uh, f- uh, playing rugby. And she has now gotten the opportunity to play for the USA Women's National Rugby Team. She will be taking on today world champion New Zealand in Chicago representing USA. Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. When I played rugby for UNLV, we played in a tournament. And uh, a team from New Zealand, I believe it was their 19 and under national champion, uh, came to Las Vegas to play us. They spanked us up and down the field. It was the worst beating I had ever received in a sporting event. In fact, uh, I had a concussion in that game. I got knocked silly. Uh, I just remember the one thing about them. They were asking us after the game what casino we lived in. (laughs) Their perception was that uh, because we played for UNLV that we all lived in casinos. But we had a great time after the game. But, uh, wow, they are good. When you got an act silly, do you mean sillier than usual? Sillier than usual. Wow. I didn't know my name. Wow. I won a, uh, it was the only face-off I won, well, for lack of better terms, face-off that I won uh, in the game, and the uh, the hooker opposing me hit me with an uppercut, and I was just knocked Knock silly. As well, I at least said. you were smart enough not to win another face-off, so yeah. they didn't give you another uppercut. That Good sh- move, Anthony. I'm impressed. <laughs> that showed me. But anyway, yeah, New Zealand, uh, they're seriously good in, uh, in rugby, usually are. All right, this is something that, uh, Raj, you'll remember this, something that we were involved with uh, years ago uh, with our friend Sil Dan. It's called the Drills for Skills Clinic for Hope, and it's going to benefit Owen's Toy Box of Buffalo Women's and Children's Hospital. And to take you back several years ago, we were introduced to Owen at uh, at the Drills for Skills Clinic that was held at Cardinal O'Hara. I remember our friend Claudine Ewing was there covering it for Channel 2. And uh, we met uh, little Owen and uh, went on to pass away. It was one of the most difficult things involved with. But um, Sills bringing back the Drills for Skills Clinic for Hope, and it's going to be held at Sweet Home High School, 1901 Sweet Home Road in Amherst. It's open to all boys and girls, grades 5 through 10. It's a basketball clinic with a focus on individual skills to include dribbling, shooting, ball handling, passing, defense, and more. Clinic to be coached and taught by John Opper of Performance Sports Training, local coaches and former Sweet Home and college basketball players. Now get this, Raj, the clinic is free. Due to the generosity and kindness of Great Lakes Transport Solutions and Patterson Stevens Construction, the first 60 registers will receive a free T-shirt. So you need to register and contact Sill at GreatLakesTransport.com or call 909-7456, 909-7456. Leave a message. Uh, or you could call Sweet Home Community Education 
uh, registration at 250-1424, 250-1424. Include your name, grade, the school you attend, and your shirt size. If you'd like to donate, checks can be made out to Owens Toy Box. You can mail it to Great Lakes Transport, 4254 Ridge Lee Road, Suite 200, 14226 in Amherst. Check out Owens Toy Box Facebook page, but come on out, have some fun, help be part of a great cause for a great kid who enjoyed making others smile, laugh, and be happy. A legacy remembered, shared, and celebrated becomes a person uplifted and elevated to a new level of eternal space. Life, light, and life from Ty Howard. So uh, thank you, Sildan, for continuing this uh, Drills for Skills uh, clinic for hope. It's great for the kids to learn their basketball skills and also the money raised going towards a great cause uh, for Owens Toy Box at uh, Buffalo's Women's and Children's Hospital. All right, I'd like to do a shout-out. Congratulations to my buddy Ron Cerrito of uh, the Vipers, Niagara Falls Junior Football Club Vipers. They are the NASA 160-pound champions. I had the pleasure of calling the game along with Chuck Fink last Sunday. And uh, shout-out to Tyree Nelson and Marv Townsend, who had superb games. The Vipers won this game on one of the most unusual trick plays I have seen. It's called the swinging gate, where they line up under center, then uh, the star running back goes back in the shotgun. They send all the linemen over to the right, and it, all it is is a quick snap to the running back who has unbelievable speed. And I believe he's going to be headed to Cardinal O'Hara to play football, but he was able to break it. The line did a great job in creating a lane for him. Uh, the Vipers win the game. Hard-fought game, so uh, job well done by the Vipers. Congratulations to you guys. You've been phenomenal all year long. Ronnie Cerrito, uh, great job, and the rest of the coaching staff there for the Vipers. All right, let's get on to high school football, guys. Going on Thursday night, we had some games in Class C. We had Cleve Hill defeating Southwestern 32-28. to and West Seneca East knocking off West Seneca West 20 to 13. Last night you had Lancaster defeating Bennett 17 to 6. You had Kleiman, Sherman, Panama beating Maple Grove 35 to 7. Cheek Dewaga 14, Pioneer 7. And then in Monsignor Martin, congratulations to Joe Lakata who got time in to upset St. Mary's 27 to 2. So there are your scores from this week. I guess uh, let's start off with the uh, probably the game that has everybody a buzz, and that was West Seneca East upsetting West Seneca West. West Seneca West comes into this game cruising, hadn't lost in two years, and had beaten West Seneca East earlier in the year on rivalry weekend. A great defense, great offense. West Seneca East comes along and says, nah, you're done. Go home. I think it's the uh, biggest thing and as, as well with the uh, Cleve Hill Southwestern uh, game. I think uh, Glenn Graham, of, uh, the coach of Cleveland Hill, and uh, Jim Marino, the coach of West Seneca East, one or both of them did one hell of a rain dance on uh, Thursday afternoon because, boy, the elements certainly favored them two teams and went against 
West Seneca, West, and Southwestern. Now, in Southwestern's case, Cole Snyder, at least in the first half, somewhat was able to withstand the elements. He was still a presence. I won't say he was a force, uh, but he still kept them in the game for a while. Once that second half came around and it was the running game, it was over. Similar in uh, West Seneca East versus West Seneca West. A couple noteworthy stats in that game. Second half statistics. Uh, 119 yards rushing for West Seneca East, 15 yards rushing for West Seneca West. Wow. I guess a bearing had to be uh, Spire was hurt in the first half, and they did not use him again until uh, West Seneca. It was, what, semi-concussion protocol, would you call it? Sort of. We've heard, we've, we've heard multiple things. Uh, I've heard uh, from that to other injuries that had nothing to do with a concussion. Um, they actually had him on on the table, you can see at one point, and they weren't focusing on head as, uh, when, when he was on the table. So we, we've heard multiple things. So, of course, don't know exactly what the injury was. Well, I saw him on the – from, you know, of course, I'm miles away, it yeah. seems, in the M&T uh, press box up there. But uh, he certainly didn't have a lower body injury the way he was – or at least appeared not to have a lower body injury the way he was doing all the uh, uh, warm-ups on the sidelines. But I guess they held him out until they needed him big time. But uh, stat-wise, Tony, second half, uh, West Seneca East, 136 yards. West Seneca West, 17 yards in the second half. Wow! So obviously, East did a great job defensively. Yep, that was seven. Uh, they were down thirteen-seven at the half. It was still thirteen-seven going into the fourth quarter, and East scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Listen, forty-five degrees rain. You saw the rain just beating all over the steps, all over the place. Anybody that was out there was freezing cold. Was uh, wet. It, it was tough elements to play under. At, when I did um, the post interviews with Cleveland Hill, the quarterback standing next to me was shivering the whole time as we were doing the interview. It wow. could just show you, you know, how bad the elements were really out there. It's tough to play in those conditions. The ball's slippery. Uh, your footing isn't uh, as sound as it normally is. So you kind of question when, where you're going to plant your foot and how, how you're going to uh, keep your balance. Not to mention you're you're all wet yeah. and which makes everything heavier, so you're gonna be slowed down anyway. Sure. And, you know not yeah. fun. For West Seneca West, Robertson had trouble uh with the pass. They went to the pass the second uh towards the fourth quarter is where they went, and he probably overthrew his receivers six, seven times by at least five yards at a minimum. Um he was just he just couldn't Few hit that more, receiver. A more than five yards. I said at a minimum. Yeah. That's why I just said that. But um, but at the same time, is you know you got to give West Seneca East uh, just an unbelievable amount of credit. And I also, you know, um, Francis, you and I had this conversation. Sean Dolak just put a stamp on when it comes to this Conley Cup. Um, well, we're going to get to the Conley Cup uh, a little bit later on, so let's save that part. I mean, you, but but what I'm saying is, is of all the guys there that had a phenomenal day, that's your guy. He showed up when he needed to show up. Uh, yeah, that's, on, that's on the, the bottom line. He did it. He did it on the biggest. You need stage. your big player, your big play guys to come up in games like this. Yep. And and in South and then you talked about Southwestern earlier. 
it's another one. I mean, um, Cole came out of the gates big time, and they came out with two touchdowns with a two-touchdown lead. And it looked like, whoa, wait a second, Southwestern's about to do something here. Well, it took about a quarter and a half for uh, Glenn Graham's rain dance to kick in. But, boy, once that kicked in, then all of a sudden it was uh, the Aaron Waller show. 319 yards the, the kid had. Is that all? <laughs> I mean, it was I think as, well, no, as a team, though, they did set a team record. He didn't quite make the individual record, but I think they had 498 yards rushing. It's insane. It is. And well, in, in like 50 carries, just under averaging 10 yards a carry. Did they attempt to pass? Uh, it seems to me they did. I want to say yeah. they were 0 for 3, maybe something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was, it was small like that. They had zero yards passing. Okay. They were comparing. Yeah, why, why would you pass when you are able to run like that? Well, once in a while, keep the defense honest. Honest? you got to stop the run to begin with. <laughs> well. At least once. Well, maybe they were using their run to set up the pass, and they had to at least try it to see if it set yeah. up the pass. Yeah, wow. They were comparing the game to the state championship run. Um what was it last year when one of them ran for over 400 yards? Yeah, I think last yeah, year? Thomas ran yeah. up for quite a few yards in their state semifinal. Yeah, and in fact, when I first said it to Aaron, I go, "Do you realize you ran for 319 yards?" His reaction was priceless. His eyes just lit up, and he was just <laughs> he was like a little kid. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, and I go, "No, Aaron, you just ran for 319 yards." And then he goes, "I never thought anybody would do that since he ran for 400 yards." And he's talking about Javon Thomas there, and he's going, he, he he ran for 400 yards. So they were comparing what he did back to that game. But you yeah. got to give credit to the offensive line, though. When you're putting up those kind of numbers, somebody's opening up holes. Somebody's dominating in the trenches. Yep. And that's, that's well, Trent, Tro- yeah, and Trent it, Trophy's still uh, yes, uh, voting, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and why do you think we interviewed the offensive line yeah. at the end of the game? That's exactly why we are. The big the boys need the credit. <laughs> they got it. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll break down some of the other games and have all that and more. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy anniversary to Roger and Diana. Every year we go get to, so once we hear Paul Linka, you know it's going to be their anniversary. Wait, wait, wait. How, how did Derek know that and not you? Because <laughs> Roger goes in there and tells him. Oh. Uh, yeah, Tony, you always complain, gee, our resident troublemaker, what, going on 15 years? Well, she's put up with, I've been her resident troublemaker for 46 years, Anthony. She should be put up for sainthood or something so, like that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, happy anniversary. I know she's listening. Uh, 46 years. Wow. 46 years. That's a long time, Rod. Yeah. Bless you guys. It's I mean, pretty hard to lie about your age, uh, you know, when you're already married 46 years. I guess uh, 39 again won't work, will it? <laughs> oh, well. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Tomorrow guys. is actually our anniversary. I'd like to thank uh, Wilson High School head coach Bill Atlas uh, for coming out to 
uh, chat with me before our game last Saturday, if you remember. Uh, as I signed off, I was getting ready to head out to Wilson for our last game of the year, and uh, Coach Atlas was kind enough to come out and uh, and chat a little bit before the game. Uh, you know, weather conditions weren't exactly nice, but uh, Coach came out there. He is uh, he's involved with Wilson youth football. And we talked about the importance of uh, cooperation between high school and youth athletics to know the kids that are coming up. And he says, you know, I don't need them to run the same plays, but I want to know who's coming up. And uh, what a great mind and what a great uh, job he's doing at Wilson. And the Wilson community is very lucky to have him as a head coach. Hey, what? They lost to Southwestern by one point. They could have been playing Cleveland Hill. uh Yeah. Thursday night instead of Southwestern. Yeah, I congratulated him on a great season, and he's really he's doing good things there, and uh, I think they're they're in excellent shape with him as head coach. Just a first boy, class between guy. Him and, uh, and Coach Bakes, Bakes yeah. boy, Wilson's got it nice up there. Yeah, they really do, and it's a nice place to play. Um, from I think they're getting a new field, if I'm not mistaken. And talking with Brian not too long ago. I thought they had voted on it, but it, it's really nice there. I, I like going out there. Nice long ride. I just wish it was the weather was nicer. I wanted to get uh, some uh, fall foliage pictures on my way up, but uh, I like it. I like going up there. Unfortunately, they didn't have the uh, chowder. This uh, they, they didn't get enough time uh, notice to be able to make the chowder. It broke I was your really heart. Didn't it? it did. It did. <laughs> I was looking forward to it, but uh, you got Coach Atlas instead of the chowder. I think yes, that's what happened. That's that's a good and uh, pretty- shout out to referee Mark Campbell. Raj, I don't know if you recall Mark from uh, our games that we when we did Lancaster games, especially basketball. Mark refereed a lot of the games that we've done. And it was good to see him out there. He's done several of my uh, football games. It was nice to see him. In fact, he uh, worked the championship, the NASA championship game last Sunday. So shout out to him. All right, guys, back to the uh, playoffs. We mentioned the uh, Cleve Hill defeating Southwestern and West Seneca East defeating West Seneca West. Uh, Climber, um, Sherman Panwa beating Maple Grove 35-7, to Raj. Yeah, uh, it was 13 nothing late in the second quarter, and Maple Grove was able to uh, get the ball in really good field position. They were actually able to drive for a score, uh, making it 13-7 to at the half. And everybody says, well, deja vu all over again. Here comes Maple Grove. They did it against Bennett, what, three, four years ago? They did it against Evil Frank a year ago. Unfortunately, uh, believe it or not, I think that score may have been a bad move on Maple Grove's part. It would have been nice if they would have waited till the start of the third quarter because if there was ever a wake-up call, CSP got it with that touchdown at uh, Maple Grove scores late in the first half. And I could just picture the coach in that dressing room at halftime and says, Hey, guys, did you hear what happened here last night? West Seneca West came in number one in the state. Well, guess what, guys? They're not number one anymore. They got beat. So uh, if you uh, think we've already won this game, you better be careful because if that happens next week, if you want to go to Clarence for a football game, you're going to have to buy a ticket. I guess that I could just picture that would have been a perfect scenario. And uh, 
CSP, of course, came out and, uh, you know, played their butts off in the second half. I do have some statistics here. Second half, uh, they uh, 113 yards to 51. They held Maple Grove to 51. They were able to score uh 15 points in the third quarter, 7 points in the fourth quarter, completely dominated the second half. Uh, it sounds like it. So like I say, uh, I said that, uh, yeah, everybody says, oh, it's a game, Maple Grove. I says, yeah, but you know what? And I told the guys in the press box, uh, that might have been a wake-up call that uh, CSP needed. Yeah, Garrett Hinsdale was, uh, had a receiver. He's got a receiver down there, 6'4 receiver, um, uh I'm blanking on his name, Was uh, scored two touchdowns for CSP, was a huge target for Garrett Hinsdale. Barmore, right? Yeah, Barmore, thank you. And the um, one touchdown he had, he yeah. had a guy about 5'6 covering him, and the guy's right in front of him, perfect position. Yeah. He just went up and looked like Shaq O'Neal against yeah, Spud Webb. There's nothing you can do <laughs> right. on a jump ball. The only thing you can do on that is... Yank the guy down and take the half the distance penalty to the goal line for pass interference. Right, unless you can jump through the ceiling. And, and then the other one was Derek Eklund for uh, CSP. Was just pounding the ball all day, what he was. And then he'd flip it and go on defense, was playing linebacker on defense, and had some key tackles, uh, was all over the field. In fact, I got a chance to interview him after the game. And he even said, he goes... I got the chance to blitz. I got the chance to do things that you know I may not have been able to a, a, a lot this season. Coach gave me the window, and I jumped on it. 131 yards and 23 carries. Here's a game that I thought, or we all thought, was going to be the heavyweight battle of the century. Pioneer and Chief Duwaga. Uh, Chief Duwaga wins 14-7. to and you talk about wake-up call, like you mentioned in the last game, Roger, with uh, Pioneer leading going into the fourth quarter, 7 and nothing, and then Cheek DeWago with two touchdowns in the uh, fourth. This, this, this was defense all the way. This was a complete defensive game. The scores that were scored were all on short fields. Um, Pioneer, I mean, in essence, Pioneer didn't score in the first half until the final seconds of the half, in essence. Yeah, under, yeah I think under a minute to go. 47 seconds yeah. left in the half. Um, and it was on a short field. Uh, it was what on the 12-yard line, I think, is where they got the ball. It was, I mean, in essence, this could three, have been a Three z- plays, 15 yards. It sounded yeah. like they had difficulty running the ball. They uh, uh, they, they did. I yeah. mean, um, if I would have told you that Riggerman would only had 28 yards – in the first half, and I don't even know what his second half stats were. They weren't much different. You know, he probably went for fifty yards the whole day. Thirty, it, actually thirty-seven yards. And didn't they only have at one point in the second, late in the second half, they only had like eight yards of eight plays of offense. Yeah, well, the, they only wow. had uh, twelve rushes in the second half. Uh, second half rushing, Chicktawaga, thirty-three carries, one hundred and forty-one yards. Pioneer, 12 carries, 21 yards. I'm sure that they said in, uh, at halftime, Riggerman was not going to beat us. If they're going to beat us, they're going to have to get somebody else. And they just were unable to do it. I don't know how many guys they had keying on Riggerman, but the ones that weren't did a heck of a job on the other 10 guys. And they had, uh, you know, I, I think they all keyed on Riggerman. Well, no, still... You can't have all 11, but they had enough on Riggerman, but they still stopped the other guys as well. 
they couldn't run a few plays that Riggerman didn't carry. Uh, they weren't able to uh, move the ball against uh, Chicktawaga at all. Coach Zip, Coach uh, Fada, great preparation for the game, and especially whatever they talked about at halftime. Well, you got to remember going into this game, Chicktawaga had been there five straight times at the stadium. And I kept saying, uh, leading up to this game, I think Pioneer was eventually going to crack it. How long has it been since Pioneer made it to the stadium? 17 years. 17 years. That's a long time. And you got Chichuaga, a seasoned team, even though they had lost earlier in the season. I just kind of felt like their experience, and you got a guy like Keyshawn Beal, he was eventually going to figure things out. And that experience paid off as the pressure started to go on Pioneer. They started to crack under the pressure a little bit. I just thought, though, you know what? If you'd have told me they would have been ahead seven and nothing uh, at halftime, I'd have mailed in Pioneer. Yeah. It's just, just the way they were. But, they just get by the whole whole season. They just you know barely get by second half or first half, maintain the game, and then come out in second and have worn them down. The type of team that makes good adjustments at halftime. Yeah, is that what you're didn't saying? happen last night. Mm. Well, that's when Riggerman normally takes over and really starts pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the Tires ball. Tires the defense right. out. Then after a while, I was like, I don't want to get in front of him anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's how it was. Watching the game, I didn't get the feel that they were putting the ball in Riggerman's hands, though, enough for him to break out that one, to pound that ball hard. Yes, he had some runs, but the other running back, number 10, ran the ball, uh, I don't want to say as much, but he ran the ball a significant amount also. And at that point, when I'm down by a touchdown, I'm putting the ball in my in my guy's hands. Yeah, 17 carries. That's normally a half for Riggerman. He had 17 carries the whole game. Yeah, see, it, it just wasn't the, the amount that you normally see from him. The other heavyweight battle that everybody was talking about was Lancaster and Bennett. Uh, Bennett had defeated Lancaster earlier in the year. Uh, didn't know which way this game was going to go. They start off with a uh, huge 90-yard uh, touchdown run to go up 6 to nothing. but then it was uh, Lancaster. The rest of the way is the uh, they pull out 17 to 6 win. A very impressive job by Coach Rupp and staff. Would you, uh, if I told you that the score was 17 to 6 at the half, there was no scoring plays in the second half? I would have thought you were crazy. Well, I am crazy, but that's beside the point. <laughs> you know, Tom, you were talking about it all week long about you know Bennett's new formation they pulled out last week that Orchard Park couldn't stop, and I kept saying that's the four receiver, four, four receiver, wide. and they scored on in the first play. But I kept saying if there's any coaching staff in the area that will figure that out, it's Lancaster, and they did. Ultimately, it was the better coaching staff that won. They were able to figure out how to stop it, and. Uh, their kids are, I think, Lancaster is less talented player per player, but they just, you know, figured it out and they stayed in the game. And eventually, uh, I think Bennett just grew frustrated and they were able to hold off Bennett as much as they could. The first drive of the second half, I knew it was going to come down to Bennett drives down all the way down the field and then throws a pick. I think that was the game at that point. We must say we said it was scoreless in the second half. Both Lancaster and Bennett did have a significantly long touchdown run uh, called back because of a flag. Oh, okay. Well, the way it's shaping up right now, guys, and you're looking at, because uh, now we move on to play Section 5, and in Class B, Chief DeWaga will play the winner uh, between Wayne and Batavia. 
They play tonight at St. John Fisher. Uh, let's see. Kleiman, Shermer, Panama in Class D will play the winner between Alexander and York slash Pavilion. Probably uh, Alexander in that one, and that should be the de facto state championship game, Anthony. Wow. Well, that's going to be played at Alfred at 7 o'clock tonight. You have, let's see, West Seneca East will play... Arondacoy. Arondacoy. They beat Victor 21-14. to 14. I thought Victor was uh, the strong team. Uh, they both are. I saw the game earlier in the year. Arondacoy uh, beat Victor at Victor's home field by a touchdown. Uh, heads up to uh, Coach Marino. You will need your A game next week. Arondacoy is very good. Uh, bring your A game uh and Sean Dalek is going to have to walk on water next week. Arondequoit, very impressive passing, running, and defense. Tony Victor had two losses this year, too. Victor, too. Yeah. All right. Is see, uh, let's see. Where are we? Cleve Hill is going to take on the winner of Attica Letchworth Warsaw. That's at five o'clock at uh, St. John. Yeah, St. John Fisher. I like uh, Cleve Hill's chances. I really do. Not knowing anything about that much about Class C and Section Five, but Cleve Hill is Cleve Hill. Uh, I'm just so impressed with them. Lancaster will take on the winner of Aquinas and McQuaid. That is going to be at SUNY Brockport, seven o'clock. Didn't Aquinas beat McQuaid earlier in the year? Probably. Aquinas is supposedly the uh, and McQuaid's no slouch. By exactly. the way, exactly. So. Uh, uh, Lancaster are going to have their uh, hands full, but that should be a very entertaining game. And, and Aquinas, if I'm correct, has come here and beat Joe's, Canisius, and Franny's. Has beaten them all. They beat uh, Franny's. Franny scored a lot of points against them. It. I'm not that impressed with, uh, at least based on the uh, St. Francis game, I'm not all that impressed with. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, to hear the Lancaster, but, though. But no, St. No, Francis just put points up against everybody. I realize <laughs> that, but still. So Coach uh, Smith's going to get a phone call for some game film. There <laughs> are not, I wasn't, you know, a team that's ranked that high in the state shouldn't give up that many points against anybody. Uh, I think that's a winnable game for Lancaster. I really do. As good as, uh, as Aquinas is, I think it is winnable. But Lancaster's not the same team they were last year. I realize that, but... Uh, they're still impressive. If they, I'll tell you what. If they can hang with Aquinas the first half, I think Lancaster wins that game. Interesting. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, time in beating St. Mary's and Lancaster and where we are with uh, with the uh, finals. We got today St. Francis taking on St. Joe's at one o'clock, and what about? And that was it, right? That was yes, the only for game today. today. Okay. And hopefully we have a few minutes to talk about the Connolly Cup. Yes, we will talk about the Connolly Cup, which will Dedesaro will be in studio next Saturday to announce the ten finalists. So uh, we'll get into some Connolly Cup too on our way back. Don't forget Sports Talk Saturday at eleven, Sabres pregame at one, and then Senators and Sabres at two, right here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. We're back for one last segment of Inside High School Sports. 
All right, Raj, where are we with Monsignor Martin? I know there's, uh, let's see, St. Uh, Tynan will take on O'Hara, but that's not a championship. That's just It's a, for the mythological small school championship. They do not advance anywhere. This is their that'll be their final game of the season. This afternoon at St. Joe's, St. Francis goes uh visits St. Joe's, one o'clock, I believe, right, is yep. the game time. Uh the winner of that game has the right to play Canisius for the Big school Catholic Monsignor Martin championship and the right to move on for a chance to win the state championship. And that's at UB Stadium. I believe yes. so. Yeah, Division yep. B championship, UB, a uh, week from today, uh, 2 p.m. for the B game, uh, 5 p.m. for the A game. Yeah, there you go. Now, I'll tell Tony, you, that, that, first... time, that time at Cardinal Hare is going to be a good game, especially because when uh, Canisius played Cardinal Hare, the quarterback uh, got hurt in that game with a broken collarbone. So their top quarterback at Cardinal O'Hara is out for this game. Ooh. Um, and his younger brother is actually the quarterback uh, right now. It, so it's going to be an interesting game, uh, that game. I'll tell you that. Don't count timing out in that one. No. I'm glad we brought this up. I forgot to mention on news and notes, I guess St. Mary's uh, girls volleyball won the uh, – Monsignor Martin, I believe they will be hosting the state volleyball, girls volleyball, Catholic championships sometime Pretty cool. next week. Oh, where's the uh, Section 5 versus Section 6 of football? Is that here this year? At Clarence oh, High at Clarence. School, yes. Great facility. Uh, Friday night will be what well, would be the same ones that played Thursday. So Class C and Class A will be Friday night. Saturday noon, 3.15 and 6.30, I believe, will be respectively the D championship, the AA championship, and the Class B championship. I think I got that right, Tom. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you get I, an oatmeal cookie after the show, Raj. Thank you. You're welcome. Oatmeal raisin. Perfectly. Oatmeal raisin, absolutely. Connolly Cup, as I mentioned, mm. uh, next week, Dennis Sorrell will join us in studio, and he's going to announce the 10 finalists. Do you gentlemen care to take a stab at who's going to be on that list? Well, I, I think, think some uh, names are obvious. I think we saw five guys this weekend, and uh, in my opinion, three of the players who were locks for uh, being a finalist are now Stone Cold locks, and that would be Waller from Cleveland Hill based Riggleman. on his performance uh, Thursday, uh, Sean Dolak yeah. based on his performance, and uh, well, his performance all year. I know, but I mean, just put an exclamation right, point right. on it, and Beal. From Chicktawaga. Uh, I, I think you got to add fourth one. Cole Snyder breaking Lakata's uh, touchdown record gives you number four right there. I was going to say two guys that uh, didn't, uh, well, Snyder didn't uh, hurt himself. And uh, you're not, even though Riggerman had, they finally get, found a way to stop him. I don't think, I can't see how you keep him out of the. No, uh, he had uh, over 2,000 yards yeah. rushing, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, he has to be there. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you no, put 2,000 yards rushing, you got to be in the in the. Plus, mix. he may be, him and Dolak may be the two top defensive players in Western New York as well. Yeah. They are very good, both sides of the ball. They are my two favorites based on that. Snyder does play some defense, but I don't think he's an impact player. He plays on safety. Defense. I mean, he plays he's safety. He's a safety. He's the final stuff. He would be more like, if you remember years ago, yeah, Chris Secchi played safety too, but his accolades and he weren't, uh, weren't on the defensive side of the ball. But, uh, doesn't Snyder, uh, well, no, I guess uh, the receiver does the place kicking, yeah, card, but Snyder yeah, does, the ball, does the punting. A uh, couple other, you know, after that, 
trying to pick five out of the next ten. Now you're going to start to get arguments. In oh, my well, opinion. Aaron, Aaron Chase I, I has to be Aaron there. Chase. Yeah, Aaron Chase, Chase has to be. Ritz has to be Ritz, there for uh, St. Franny's. Uh, now you're going to have arguments between Stevens of Clarence, who I like a lot on both sides of the ball. Record setter, uh, isn't he? No. Yes. Oh, school, for Clarence, school, school record. record but, uh, yeah. We I like that last him a week. lot. Uh, Dylan Kelly, in my opinion, both sides of the ball. Yeah. I like him For a North. lot. Yeah. After that, uh, the uh, quarterback at your place, uh, Jack Orchard Sharp. Park, I think he's got an outside chance. Uh, my goodness, how do you leave a guy like uh, Thomas from Cleve Hill off that? He's got to be in it, the uh, running. you got to bring back, um, I think you bring back three of the four finalists from last year. I don't know if... Uh, Rashad Law makes it back just because it's so uh, tough, and you got all There's the. There's a lot top of people contenders. out there that like Rashad Law a lot. Uh, How about that wide receiver for uh, Lockport? Lockport. It's going to be tougher to leave him off. Brooks, yes. Uh, like I say, probably uh, the five we mentioned, and after that, and you know, I agree, Chase has got to be in there. Probably Ritz, because is there anybody besides Ritz from Monsignor Martin that might even make that list? Uh, they they like we hear they like a Can, the Canisius players a lot. You might hear Joe Jamison or Joe yeah. Nicholas. I know, but you got all them guys at Canisius. It's just like Lancaster. You got so it's many a, it, guys. You know what? It's like I, West Seneca West. Yeah, where uh, they call Bennett too. You you got exactly. running backs canceling you out know, other running backs. You got multiple talented people there. Are any one of them good enough to move to the top ten, especially to knock out some of these players we just mentioned? I would not want to. I told Dennis yesterday at the stadium. I says, you know, good luck. I hope you're ready to break a tie. And uh, I says, what happens if they're, uh, do you break the tie on uh, picking the top ten too? And he says, yeah. And I look on his face, he isn't looking forward to it because I guess from what he's heard, he's probably going to have to break a tie or two wow. just to get to the top ten. Yeah, the battling and arguing that's going to go on. Uh, Dennis, you might want to order extra pizza this year because you might need it. These guys are going to go back and forth. It's a very competitive class. There's no question about it. And the winner will be announced at uh, Dick Gallagher's banquet at uh, uh, Classics 5, right? No, no. No, they, they no, no it'll be banquet. December 1st, whatever the – I. Yeah, the they'll have a deal. Ilios. Yeah, they always have I believe the first, yeah, the 15th is Gallagher's Banquet. That's a Saturday. So it's December 1st, and then December 5th, they announce a trench at the Elks. And that's going to be another uh, tight one as well. So we're going to get into the trench in the next couple, couple of weeks as well. Raj, you're on the committee, so you're going to be able to really give us some insight on that. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to Derek Kramer for producing. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. Be you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.